Well, hello, everyone. If we haven't met, my name's Ryan Moore, pastor of care at the Life Christian Church. And we're so glad that you're part of this worship experience today on this 4th of July weekend. Imitation may be the sincerest form of flattery for adults, but for babies, it's their foremost tool for learning. As renowned people watchers, babies often observe others demonstrate how to do things and then copy those body movements. It's how little ones know usually without explicit instructions to hold a toy phone to their ear or guide a spoon to their mouth. Researchers from the University of Washington and Temple University in 2013 found the first evidence revealing a key aspect of the brain processing that occurs in babies to allow this learning by observation. Our findings show that when babies see others produce actions with a particular body part, their brains are activated in a corresponding way, said Joni Sabi, lead author and psychology graduate student at Temple University in Philadelphia. This mapping may facilitate imitation and could play a role in babies' ability to then produce the same actions themselves. We have a very specific command in scripture related to living as a follower of Christ. We are true, if we're true followers of Jesus Christ, our lives should then begin to resemble the life of Jesus. Paul makes it very specific here for us in these words in the beginning of Ephesians chapter five, verse one and two. He says, be imitators of God. Therefore, as dearly loved children and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. We are imitators of God when we do what Paul has been telling us to do. The word for imitate in the Greek is the word in which we get our word mimic. Think about someone who's really good at impersonations. They study their subject closely. They pay attention not only to what they say, but also the tone in which they say it and the mannerisms of the person as they say it. The best impersonators sound and even look like the person they are imitating. We learn by imitation. We are natural imitators. We learn to walk and talk by imitating. You can see imitation clearly in the young child on the basketball court attempting to duplicate the moves of his favorite basketball player. We see it in the way we talk and the ideas which we hold. We even see it in the way we dress. It's a fact of life. We imitate those we admire. We adopt their vocabulary. We try to look like them, behave like them. Sometimes it's just unconscious. But Paul challenges us to be conscious and deliberate about whom we are imitating. In Romans chapter 12, verse two, Paul wrote, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. And so how do you imitate God? How do you walk this way as Paul is telling us to do? Number one, become like your father. 
Paul says in verse one, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. Become imitators of God, wow, that's overwhelming. What does that mean? The command is the verb be, literally become. It means to be born, come to be, exist, begin with. The present tense of this indicates that imitation is a process. It's not gonna happen overnight. Now that's encouraging. We are in a process of becoming an imitator of God. It's an ongoing, long-term, continual process. We have not arrived and we're not done. Paul is telling us here, you don't grow godly by making a decision, but you grow godly by pursuing a direction. It's an action you take upon yourself. You pursue this, it's not done to you, but you go after it yourself. You apply it, you imitate, you model after God. You don't grow godly by passively listening. You grow godly by active application of the truth. And this verb become is an imperative command for you and I to obey, it's not a suggestion, but an expectation given to us from God to imitate God himself. You don't grow godly by waiting for something to happen, you grow godly through dependent obedience. Let's look back, just one verse, where we see the same exact verb used in Ephesians chapter four, verse 32. It says, and be, or become kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Grow to be kind, grow to be tenderhearted or compassionate, grow to be forgiving, and grow in imitating God. The challenge being described here is to become something. All of us at some point have taped a poster in your room of someone you respect or you considered a hero or just someone you wanted to become, someone that just reminded you, I wanna be like that one day. As a little kid, I, I just fell in love with sports at a very young age. I was nine years old and I was watching primarily basketball and boxing, because that's what my dad watched. But I really got into baseball and basketball a lot. And I had pictures of Don Manningly, Dave Winfield, and Patrick Ewing on my wall. I wanted to imitate the, the swing of Don Manningly. I wanted to have that home run prowess of Dave Winfield. I wanted to be able to dominate a basketball game like Patrick Ewing. I had that poster, but it didn't really help in my athletic skills. But you put that picture on the wall to remind yourself of, that's what I wanna be like if I play the game, or that's what I wanna aspire to. And so how do we do this? Paul says in verse one, become an imitator. We are to mimic God. Do what he does, say what he says, think as he thinks, feel what he feels, prioritize what he prioritizes and what he thinks is essential. You know, I, I see this um, imitation going on in my own home. My daughter from time to time will put on my wife's shoes and do a little mini fashion show for all of us. Why? because in so many ways she wants to be like her mom and imitate and model her mom. God says, put on my shoes. Look like me, look, be, look like me and become like me 
In fact, in the classical Greek, the word imitator means a painting, a painting which looks exactly like the subject. You and I are to be that painting. When others look at us, they are to see God the Father. The importance of imitation is all over the New Testament. Imitation is a big part of the Christian life and essential to our Christian growth. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1 says, and you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. 1 Thessalonians 1.6 says, and you became imitators of us and of the Lord when in spite of severe persecution, you welcomed the message with joy from the Holy Spirit. So the New Testament charges us to imitate those who imitate Christ. Imitate your spiritual leaders and the Lord. Imitate the churches who even suffered persecution. Don't be lazy. Imitate those from whom God has given you as models. And so the word imitate is used three different ways in the New Testament. One, as a comparison. Two, following the example. And three, obeying the directions. We are to become increasingly like our God by following his fatherly direction. We are to look like our father. The command to imitate God is a tall order. But notice how Paul starts in verse one. He says, therefore, be imitators of God. Every time you see a therefore, you must what? Ask the question, what is that therefore, therefore? Paul is connecting verse one that he just described to verse 32, which says, and be, the same verb, become, kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Paul is commanding us to become like and imitate God. But we're not to imitate a God of wrath, a God of judgment, a harsh God, an unbending and difficult God, a distant God, or indifferent God, or an uncaring God. No, he is telling us we are to imitate the God we see in verse 32, a God who is kind to us, a God who is tenderhearted to us, a God who is compassionate, a God who is forgiving to us. Is that your concept of your heavenly father? What comes to mind when you think of God the Father, he is kind, he is tenderhearted, he is forgiving. Don't miss it here. This is the picture, this is the model, this is the example, this is what we are to imitate. This is the poster to put on the wall. This is what we are to mimic. This is the pattern to follow. This is the kind, tenderhearted, and forgiving God that he wants us to be. He wants us to be kind. He wants us to be tenderhearted. He wants us to be forgiving. Kind is to meet the needs of others. Compassionate or tenderhearted is to follow with deep emotion for others, which results in meeting their true needs. And forgiving literally means here graciously giving. Once we are in Christ, God is kind. He's compassionate. He's gracious to us. Therefore, imitate him. We are to be kind. We are to be compassionate and gracious to others. So the question for all of us is, are we? Are we like our father? Do we mimic him? Someone may be asking the question right now on their couch, but why should I? 
What's driving me to imitate God, pastor? Look again at verse one. Therefore be imitators of God as what? Beloved children. You are loved, very dear and intimate children. This phrase in verse one, be imitators of God as beloved children. The text is saying this, since we are his children, we should imitate our father. This is the principle of who we are that we see in chapter four. So our practice should what? Match our position. What we do should match who we are. You are God's children. Therefore, act like him. Here, we are called his beloved children. It simply means the one who is loved. The word referred to here is, is basically a parent who only has one child, and they're giving all of their love, all of their affection to that child. The beloved child feels what? Secure and content because of their parents' devoted love. And so God uses it at Jesus' baptism to describe who truly is his only son, Matthew 3, 17. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. Paul used it in Romans chapter 1, verse 7. He says, to all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his holy people. So beloved describes all Christians, me and you. He loves you as if you were his only child. And so this word children is a word for really little children, a child so young that he's dependent upon his parents. It's a more closer relationship and deeper relationship even than simply just son or daughter here. So if you are his, if you're his beloved little child, so as God beloved child, imitate him. That's our compelling force behind us. You're his child. You're his dearly loved child. So imitate him. Not to gain love and acceptance from God, but because we are loved and accepted. And freedom is found here to be able to pray, to share our faith, to read the Bible, to give, to serve our God from love and acceptance, not for love and acceptance. God already loves you. God already has accepted you. And so all that we do comes out of that oasis. We are his and we are loved. Therefore, imitate him. This is the gospel. This is the gospel of grace. We don't earn our salvation. It's given to us as a grace gift. And his love for us is so free, so full of grace, so unconditional that he decided before the foundation of the world to show his love to you. So mimic our father as one of his precious little loved child. The second command is walk in love. That's our second point for today, walk in love. Verse two continues, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. We are to walk. Some of the usages of walk have a sense of adventure, a discovery, a new land, a new life described as love. The verb walk is a command for a continual lifestyle that you initiate in dependence upon Christ. God commands you to live this way 
all the time. This is your lifestyle. Everything you do, not just at church, is to be a lifestyle of love. Yes, you must be loving with Christians too, but think about walking as every ordinary thing you do all day, and then hashtag love on it. So going to the grocery stores or taking out the trash, helping your kids with homework and remote learning over the last three and a half months, hashtag love on it. Notice how the word walk is used in the New Testament. 1 Corinthians 7, 17, Paul says, as the Lord has assigned to each one, as God has called each in this manner, let him walk. Galatians 5, 16 says, walk by the spirit. And Colossians 2, 6 says, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him. Walk is also translated to go, be devoted, practice, act, conduct, do it as your regular behavior at home, at work, at school. But it goes a step further. Your walk is to be what you're known for. It's a description of you. It's your attributes. What are you known for? When people think of you, what is it that defines you? Then answer this. What should describe you? What should you be known for? What should our lifestyle supposed to be like that defines all of us? When they say your name, what is it that God wants people to say about you? You and I are to live a lifestyle of love. We are to walk this way in a quality of love. Walk in here is not describing just entering a building, but walking in the sphere of love. You are to be consistently ordering your behavior in the sphere of love. Love saturates everything. When God's love becomes the deciding factor in our choices and the motivating power in our actions, we'll be walking in love. When love limits our choices, moves you to action and empowers your words, then we are walking in love. God's love, that sacrificial action in order to benefit another is to be the operating system for your lifestyle computer. Love is the filter in the lens of our lives. And so here are three examples of Christ's love. God showed his love for us even though we were undeserving. The Bible is clear. We have all sinned and fall short of the requirements necessary to be right with God. In spite of all this, God sent his son to pay the price for our sin. And he did this because of his love for us. Second, Jesus died willingly. Jesus was not a victim of circumstances. He was not in the wrong place at the wrong time. He chose to surrender his life as an atonement, payment for sin. So love is a choice. God calls us to choose to love whether or not we feel like doing it. And third, love is costly. The love of God cost Jesus his life. He suffered the penalty that we deserved. And so how do we proceed from here? Here's a couple of suggestions. First, embrace this love of God for you. The Bible summons us to, to entrust ourselves to this one who loves us with an everlasting love. It starts by running to him rather than turning away from him. Second, 
Study the character of God. It's impossible to imitate someone you do not know. It is impossible to imitate mannerisms which you are unfamiliar with. The same is true with the Lord. We must get to know him. And we do this through getting in the Bible, reading, reflection, and taking time with him. And third, we should make the effort to put into practice what we learn. Let's go back to the babies who are learning to walk. At first, when a toddler tries to pull himself up, it's frustrating. They only stand for an instant and then they fall. The whole process of learning to walk requires overcoming many frustrations and failures. No matter what we do in life, for the very first time, we're not going to be very good in the beginning. We will stumble. We will fall. We will look pretty unbalanced at times and feel like we're out of our league. And this is where the choice comes in. We must make the effort. If Christ calls us beloved, and if Christ would give all that he is to God in order to make me and you right with the Father, then you and I should be willing to give all we are and everything we have to God and others because Christ loves us and he gave his all to us. Life Christian Church, be imitators of God. Copy him. Follow his example. As well-beloved children, let's imitate our Father and walk continually in love. Pray with me. Father, we thank you that through your word today, you give us this instruction to walk this way, to walk in love and to imitate you. And so, Father, by your spirit, Help us to copy you and follow your example to be well-beloved children, imitating our Father and walking continually in love. This week, let's walk in love. This week, let's get to know God more and more and practice what the scriptures have taught us today. And now for the benediction. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you, and may he be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you, and may he give you peace. Have a wonderful week.